The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. Welcome to Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's been an attorney mediator for 26 years, and during that time she's resolved thousands of disputes as a neutral conflict healer. She's a member of the Orange County Superior Court Mediation Panel, and she's been a law professor of negotiations and mediation and presently teaches negotiations right here at UCI. She's the author of Negotiations Breakthroughs and co-author of Stepping Stones to Success and several other books. To listen to previous interviews, see upcoming guests, download podcasts, and learn more, visit www.conflicthealing.com. So Mari, what's your show about today? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about healing our heart from the loss of a pet. And I don't know if I can even get through this interview without crying, but um, it is really, I just read this beautiful book called Just One More Day, A Dog Lover's Guide to Quality of Life and Healing from Pet Loss. And I think, you know, when we talk about conflict healing, there is something so profound about the love between a dog and its owner and the the way that when things are bad, you can pet that dog, and no matter what, it, it can just soothe your soul. And so we are going to be speaking with this wonderful author, Jeffrey Bain, who wrote this book. And when I was going through the, our time together, Lloyd, you and I, when we were had um, all these challenges with Rado and his his cancer, our dear friend Leonard Simchak, who is also an author and was on our show, suggested that I read this book, Just One More Day, A Dog Lover's Guide to Quality of Life and Healing from Pet Loss. So I got the book, and while Rado was going through his cancer therapy, and I just didn't want to focus on the on, on his passing on. I wanted to focus on his healing. And so I couldn't pick this up without just shuddering. However, when he passed on uh, Easter, I was able to pick this book up and I read it straight through. And although I had tears in my eyes as I was reading it, it was really comforting. It was comforting to know that there were other people who had felt like I felt. There were other people who commensurated with me. And it was really inspiring at the same time. So I thought how wonderful to have Jeffrey Bain on our show, who also is a pet lover who lost his pet. Let me tell you a little bit about our wonderful guest. Wait till you hear his accent. Wonderful Liverpool accent. George Bain, what, Jeff Bain, I'm sorry, Jeff Bain was born in Liverpool, England, and he attended Liverpool Institute High School at the same time as two of the Beatles, Sir Paul McCartney and George Harrison. After he did some world traveling, he settled down in California, and he's been a real estate broker for over 30 years, and he's also president of Azura Dawn, Inc., a company that sells various retail items and 
He is also a vital part of his wife's publishing company, which is called Enchanted Forest Press. George is the COO and does most of the editing for the company. And then he wrote his first book, Just One More Day. And what's fun about that is that he's already received um, the prestigious Ben Franklin Award from independent book publishers, a gold medal from ELIT Digital Awards um, for his ebook, and a bronze medal from Independent Publishers Book Awards, and an honorable mention from the USA Book News Best Book Awards. So, this is this is a great way to start out with his first book. So um, I just wanted to let everybody know that we've got a, a really great writer and he is going to tell us about the inspiration for his book. But I also wanted to talk about his, uh, his experience led him to actually be a, uh, a pet loss grief counselor. And he volunteers on the pet line, uh, on, online at pet loss, pet loss chat room offered by the Association for Bereavement and Pet Loss. And um, he's also getting ready to launch the Pet Loss Support Institute to provide seminars and workshops and lectures to, to bring about healing for pet loss. So without further ado, I wanted to uh, thank you so much, Jeffrey, for joining us today. Molly, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm really happy to be here. So let's talk about the inspiration for your first, first book. Why don't you tell us about what happened with you? Well, our dog, Abby, uh, who, who's the first dog I'd ever had, um, she started limping. and we, we took Abby to the vet, and uh, the vet diagnosed Abby with bone cancer, osteosarcoma, and, and actually said to us, like, I can put her down today if you want, and we were just blown away. We said, no way. Yes. The, the vet told us that we probably had two to three months, that it was a very aggressive, malignant form of, of cancer. And we, we said, okay, we, we took her home, and we decided to make the next three months the, the best we could. We gave her special treats. I, I took her for a ride every day in the car. And then it got to four months, and I started wondering, well, well how do I know when it's time? Yes. Uh, I did a lot of research, and th th there's no real objective criteria for, for knowing when it's time. So that, that really um, started me thinking um, about how to, how, to, how to start formulating the decision, and uh, that, that really started the, that was the inspiration for the book. Yes, and the inspiration is having that wonderful Abby as your as your soulmate, right? Just just having people, it, you know, for those of us who are dog lovers, there is something special. I mean, we were out, you know, just this past weekend, and you know, we're still grieving, and so I had to stop at every dog and um, ask the owner if I could hug the dog and kiss the dog and pet the dog, and everybody could relate. Everybody could relate and said, of course you can. And I remember when they did that to me, and there is something about those of us who really connect with dogs that we have that 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 sense of a higher connection, isn't it? It's just uh, it's something else. And I think that's what you captured in this book, too, where you have these wonderful poems and and stories by people who have connected at the deepest level with their pet. It's, uh... Exactly, exactly. I, 
I read a study that showed that probably about 80% of, of pet owners right now consider their pet to be part of the family. Yes. Uh, and Lloyd and I always say that Rita was our best child, never asked for money, never complained. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. I know. We, I don't know if our kids like it when we said it in front of our adult kids. They go, what? And we said, well, you know, you still ask for money. You still ask for things. So. <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, I know why I enjoyed reading it, but for those people who are listening, and most of the people listening, or I don't know how many people have pets, but quite a few people who are listening probably do have pets, why why would they want to read this book, do you think? Well, when, when Abby died, I, I needed help, I needed guidance, I needed support, and I, I didn't find it readily available. So my book actually is, is a compilation of, of everything that helped me. It, it helped me climb out of... I was in a, a hole, is the way I describe it. I was in a hole that was filled with sadness. And yes. all the research that I did and everything that's in the book helped me climb out of that hole, helped me heal. So it, it has uh, stories about pet loss, really personal stories. Yes. Uh, it's about 30 stories. It has a lot of advice from professionals about different aspects about uh, the, what you need for the burial, how to deal with the cremains if you uh, have a cremation. It, it has advice from professionals on grieving, and especially for children. For, for, for kids, it's really uh, the death of a pet is their first encounter with death. Yes. And so uh, dealing with, with, with the loss and helping the kids grieve at, at different ages, there's different ways to do that. So uh, there's advice on grieving. I've got a lot of heartwarming stories just about dogs in general, a lot of poems, a lot of quotes. And then I really didn't want it to be a totally sad book, so I have one chapter that's labeled Fun Stuff. Yes. And in, in there I have uh, the 10 best reasons why a dog is better than a man, 10 best reasons why a dog is better than a woman. Yes. Uh, one, of, one of my favorite little stories is if you put your spouse and your dog in the trunk of a car for one hour, when you open the trunk, which one is really <laughs> happy to see you? <laughs> yeah, I, I love those kind of things. You know, and it's it's something, um, when, when Rado was dying and my daughter came over and, you know, she came to say goodbye and her dad's dog had also died recently, and another one was getting ready to pass because they were all about the same age and getting sick. And she said, "You know, Mom, I love dogs so much, but I don't think I can do this. I don't think it. I don't think I can get a dog at ever because I can't go through this." And you know, I was telling her, you know, it's better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all. And then I read. Something in your book, it says, when they tell me they cannot stand losing a pet, I tell them that the joy they bring us in life far outweighs the grief we feel when they die. The joy Absolutely. is great indeed, and I wouldn't miss it for the world. And that was, uh, you had that quote by Polly Barnes, and that is uh, so true. Because people will say to me, people who don't have dogs, and go, oh, God, see, I couldn't go through that. They say, I couldn't go through that. I just, they don't live long enough. I It's just too much. I can't see it. But... But they just don't understand, do they, Jeffrey? Absolutely, absolutely. One of my favorite quotes is from Dr. Seuss, and it says, uh, don't cry because it's over, 
smile because it happened. Oh, yeah, that's so beautiful. And, you know, I, I noticed that you had um, one of the things that I did pick up before uh, he passed on was you have a chapter in your book called Quality of Life. Well, let's talk a little bit about that, quality of life. Well, a part of the, the original title for my book was How Do You Know When It's Time? And, and part of knowing when it's time is assessing the, the quality of your pet's life right now. There's a, a lady called uh, Dr. Alice Theolobos, and she's a, a world-renowned veterinarian and animal oncologist. She actually practices here in Southern California. And she wrote this wonderful article on quality of life, and she came up with seven different categories of, of quality of life. That They range from hurting, uh, hunger, um, hydration, whether your pet's getting enough liquids, um, hygiene, how your pet is, is dealing with elimination, um, happiness, mobility, whether your pet can get around. I expanded that little bit and came up with a chart so it makes it easy to see on a daily basis how your pet is doing. Uh, a lot of people that have read the book have, have called me back to say that they used the chart and they were able, they were ready to go take the dog to the vets and they were able to see using yes. that chart that that dog still had a good quality of life and it wasn't, wasn't time yet. Yes. So quality of life assessment is, is really important. It really is. And I know the the other issue about quality of life is is how much you want to make them go through. When Rado had cancer and the first time he got it and we put him, we did surgery, which we felt was okay, you know, cut and cure. Um, and we did some chemo and the chemo was totally destroying him. And I finally had to make the decision or Lloyd and I made the decision that we did not want him to suffer like that, that if it was time to go, we wanted him to have death with dignity. But he bounced back and lived another three years. And then the, the last time when he got it, she said it had come, the our oncologist said that he had come back with it much more aggressive. And so she said there was a new type of chemo that was not as they had the side effects. and um, And for about three weeks, he was great on it, you know, and then it started to really destroy yeah. him and then again we said we are not going to do this maybe maybe we gave him enough we're not going to give him that quality of life and um and then we saw something grow and then we had to make the decision do we do we you know do the surgery do we do we not and we kind of went against what our oncologist had said based on really um speaking with an animal communicator who said he is just enjoying every minute of life and and he wants every drop of life and if if it's too much for you he's ready to go but if it isn't too much for you he's going to hang on and he's going to have a good time and and you know at, at a very deep level i knew that that was true you know i really knew that's who he was he was so joyful to the last minute so we felt like we did everything that we could and and it was, you know, he tried to stay in this body, but he couldn't. He couldn't do it anymore. But then we knew. I mean, when they when they can't pick up their head, when they're not joyful, yep. when they're just breathing heavy, and they just, I mean, I've had to do this with other dogs, and you just, you know. You yeah. know it. It's when they look at you like, hey, guys, 
I've tried my best, but I can't do it anymore. Right. And um, it's it's a tough, tough place. But in a way, if you look at it, it's so much more humane than what we do with humans. You know? Right. I mean, I remember when my mother was dying and she we had to stop dialysis and she had had a stroke and then she suffered you know they gave her morphine and all that and i just had to to watch this and the same thing when my sister got septicemia i had to watch it and there was nothing that we could do except to you know turn off life support and just watch them suffer and and so in a way when you're able to do euthanasia and they just gently go to sleep, it is really a, um, it, it is something that, that I think you're doing for your pet. You know, did you feel like that too? I, I did. It's one of the big differences for me between human loss. I mean, I've, I've lost parents, I've lost best friends. And the, the difference is that I had no control there. Uh, I think what makes it so much more poignant, so much more difficult in some cases, is the fact that you do have that control with your pet. You're the one that makes the decision. And that that's what makes it, it tougher in, in certain aspects. Um, dealing with the grieving, it, it's harder because of that control factor, you're the one that makes the decision. Right. So you want to make sure that when you do make that decision, it's the right decision and it's the one that, that they want. But I think, yeah, it, it's, it's a tough one. It's a tough one, but in a way, it's also one that it's, a, it's the last gift that you can give to your pet. That's, that's kind of I how agree. I looked at it. I agree with that 100%. Yes. So, so when you dealt with... Um, Abby's loss. I mean, you went through the various stages of grief. So do you want to talk about those various stages of grief? I don't know where I, I, the interesting thing to me about the stages of grief is it's like a wave. You start to do better, then you do worse, then you do better, then you do worse, you know? So why don't you talk about the various stages? Well, there's a lady called Dr. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, and she came up with five stages of grieving for humans, and it was mainly uh, explaining the stages of grief when you're dealing with your your own death, if you've been diagnosed as terminal, and how you deal with it. There's, there's another gentleman who's a psychotherapist called Dr. Wallace Seif, and he started the uh, Association for Pet Loss and Bereavement. He actually modified those so that it would be applicable for pet loss. And uh, just briefly, the, the five stages of grieving for pet loss are shock, number one, anger, denial, guilt, and depression. Um, Anger is is, uh, one one of the the big stages, and uh, unfortunately veterinarians really experience that. uh, Pet owners get angry at the vet for killing their pet, uh, even though it was the most humane thing that they could do. They, they get angry at uh, family members for not being supportive, and that's a way of, of not dealing with the grief. Yes. Um, and then guilt. Guilt is, is, is probably, in my opinion, the most prevalent uh, of, of all those stages. Yes. And, you know, I feel fortunate that 
I didn't have to, I didn't really get angry. Maybe I didn't get angry at God. I didn't get angry at anybody. I just, you know, I accepted what was as is and the gratefulness that I had that I had three and a half years. But I think the depression is the part that is most debilitating. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, because um, you, you know, right now I can start crying right now, but I'm looking at the, the, the one that you have, this one chapter on 141 on grieving. You talk about normal grief response after the death of your pet. And you talk about why, you know, why it hurts so much when a pet dies, you know, that the pets just don't judge us, do they? I mean, <laughs> they really don't judge us ever, you know, no matter what you look like. Um, they just, they just look at you with love no matter what, no matter what. Absolutely. And, and uh, they don't criticize you, you know, as humans do. <laughs> I mean, it's it's pure unconditional love. I always laugh that dog is God spelled backwards, and wow. um, and really, it's like God inverted into the into this realm, you know, into the material realm. And so, um, you know, it's it's something else. But um, there's a lot of, of physical responses, and I know for me. I um I talked to him all the time still and I and I felt like you know I I lit this uh, electronic candle after he died you know I turned it on it's a battery and um it lasted forever and ever and I j- just the other day it went out and when it went out it was like my heart sunk it was like he was telling me you know I'm really around you I'm I'm hanging around see if you're okay and then it went out, and it was really pretty, pretty devastating when that light went out. Oh, I think you should light another candle, though. But that that that's one of the the, the ways that I really believe helps with the healing is is to memorialize the pet to light candles. I think that helps a lot. So, uh, in, in in my book, he did the right thing. Yes, yes. But it was it was almost like you know in the Jewish religion when they had the Hanukkah lights that they lasted eight days. <laughs> that was right. I was laughing. I said, "Oh my gosh, this is this is a miracle." This this elect because I lit two. I lit one for my mother because it was her birthday, you know, and she had died several years ago. And I lit Rados, but Rados went on and on and on and on and on every night, and it just didn't go out twenty four hours. I thought, boy, this is some. Uh, electronic candle <laughs> but uh, but you know I did uh, you know the other thing is did you have dreams about your dog vivid dreams about her um, no you know I, I didn't um, but the, there were times when I, I really felt her presence around yes. I, yes. I really believe number one that pets go to heaven and I really believe they have a spirit Mm-hmm. Uh, that that stays on, and so yeah, I've I've felt Abby's presence. One night, um, uh, my husband Lloyd was also very very close with Rado. We, we he was just really our baby. And um, one morning we woke up, and we both had had a dream about him, and we thought, oh my gosh, he must have been right between us, because it was such a vivid dream that I I, I could actually feel him in the dream, and Lloyd too. So. So we felt like he really came for a visit. And I had a couple dreams about him where um, he was getting healthier in each dream. So I know that um, that he is, you know, he's a spirit too. 
and uh, he came to visit, and, and I do feel him as well. And I keep thinking he's going to lead us when it's time to get the, the next dog. Now, did you get another dog? We didn't get one yet, although we're, we're close. My wife really likes Labradoodles. We were in <laughs> Ireland, and we saw this beautiful chocolate Labradoodle, and my wife said, that's, that's the next dog. Yeah, uh, we just saw a bunch of them this last weekend as well. We just saw three different Labradoodles and a Golden Doodle. And the one nice thing, because we had a Golden, and um, they're beautiful, wonderful dogs, but they do shed. <laughs> they do. Yeah, yeah, they shed a lot. And so we thought, oh, well, maybe maybe Rado will bring us a Golden Doodle or a Labradoodle, or maybe he'll get, you know, he'll reincarnate. That's kind of what we were <laughs> hoping, that he would reincarnate. But, um, but we're speaking with today with Jeffrey Bain, who is the author of this wonderful, touching book called Just One More Day, A Dog Lover's Guide to Quality of Life and Healing from Pet Loss. And it was especially, you know, poignant for, for me and for Lloyd, since we both have just gone through this. So tell us about your experience as a pet loss grief counselor. What, what's that like? For me, it, it's it's wonderfully rewarding. Uh, I uh, number one, I work uh, as a, a host on a chat room, an online chat room uh, that's sponsored by the Association for Pet Loss and Bereavement. Uh, I do that a couple of times a week, and they have it actually going six six days a week. Um, I I continually am amazed at, at how how lost people are when they experience pet loss, uh, that there isn't a lot of, of good support. And it, it's, to me, it, it's really important for people to find support as, as part of the healing process. And for me, just being able to counsel, being able to talk about my own experiences, it, it's just extremely rewarding. And, you know, for someone like you, who you've got a, a wife who's supportive and I've got a husband that's supportive, that's, you know, at least we have that. But I'm just thinking about all these people who their pet, their dog or their cat or their pet is really their only, you know, significant other in their life. They live with that pet. And when they lose that pet, that is really a um, a, a very deep loss. Not that it isn't a deep loss for us, but I mean, it's then it's almost like their whole world falls apart. So I think it's. Go ahead. No, uh, that, that that's uh, extremely true. The, I, I find that people continually tell me that they've been through so many tragedies in their life. They've lost their home. They've lost their their family. They've lost their husbands. They've lost their job. And the one the one supporting factor throughout all that, the one the one pillar that has helped them, has been a pet. Yes. And uh, I, I think, uh, as I say, pets become a part of the family, but. For most people, they they're the one they're the one pillar that keeps them keeps them sane. And, and losing, especially if you're alone, losing that pet can be an absolute tragedy. Yes, and these well, people who are homeless, you know, some of the homeless people that I've seen in the newspaper that they have a pet and their pet is ill, and then you know they're they're losing their pet, and this is the one that sleeps with them on the you know on the street every day. So. Yeah. So yeah, this there is really you know uh, something very very profound about the connection between a dog and its owner or the or a cat and its owner, and um, so I just want to thank you so much for writing this wonderful book, 
And why don't you give your website and the website for the chat room, and then it's time to go. Well, thank you so much, Mari. I've really, really enjoyed being on the show. The website for my book is www.justonemoredaythebook.com. Okay. And the chat room for people that are needing support is www.aplb.org. Okay. It's wonderful support. Well, thank you so much for all your great work, and I'm going to look forward to hearing about your new Labradoodle, too. God bless, and thank you so much. Bye-bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM and Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8.30 a.m. right here on Prescriptions for Healing Conflict, and visit our website at conflicthealing.com. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you.